This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And they're walking him with the bases loaded and intentional walk to Barry Bonds. Two and two with the bases loaded and one out. Hello and welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bases Loaded. Bases Loaded is a fantasy baseball podcast. And I'm your host, Mike Curland. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland. And tonight, we are somewhat back to normal. We have Zach and George. God, this is weird. No guest host. Sorry to disappoint. Yeah, Zach. it's been a while since it's been just the three of us here. The and, three amigos. And Mike, yeah. Yeah, this, is, this is OG status. Mike is uh, out sick. He, he's on the IL. It's 15 days these days, so he'll be out a little longer. But uh, I think it went back to 15 days. I guess it's a whole other podcast. It's 15 story. days for pitcher, so 15 days for SP Ooh, streamer. There you like go. There you, go. You, like, yeah. you like that? <laughs> yeah, well, he's benched either way. Yeah, um, he'll be back after uh, joining us after the new year. But yeah, so you, don't forget, guys, you can follow George on Twitter at jmontanas90, and you can follow Zach on Twitter at bravz. Oh, man, it's, it's been a while, man. Uh, hey, I still saved you for last. It's all uh, good. Save the best for last, though. But seriously, welcome back. I'm glad you could join us. For those who don't know, Zach was in the middle and still is kind of transitioning. He moved from Florida all the way up to Jersey now. So he's uh, he's out of my neck of the woods and back up there by uh, by Mike, actually, I think, right? Yeah. Still really don't know why I did this move, but that's neither here nor there. You can come back down here, man. I, I miss the heat. <laughs> no, you don't. It sucks. Yeah, you could join me over here in California, man. It's, oh, it's beautiful. nice out here. Yeah. Except for, except for the earthquakes, <laughs> except for the earthquakes you uh, podcast through. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, just, and the street racing. And the earthquakes. Street racing. Yeah. Earthquake, earthquakes, uh, street racing and traffic. I mean, I, we've actually had a somewhat of a winter here. It's actually been kind of cold. I mean, probably nothing compared to what you're getting up there, Zach, but, uh, yeah, it's actually been yeah, kind of chilly lately. It's been so cold here in Florida. It was actually a low of like thirty something this morning. It was actually impressive where I work anyway. In central, I'm in central Florida though, so it's a little colder than South Florida. <laughs> South Florida is beautiful right now. It's like probably like seventy degrees. Probably feels like California. All right, who cares? No one came here for a weather channel. <laughs> <laughs> no one came here for the weather channel. We're gonna move right along. This is episode sixty-two, and we're just doing. It's a little basic, but it's a little bit fun because what we're gonna do is um talk points leagues. And points leagues aren't for everybody. I know personally, I'm not a huge fan of them. I'll be straight up honest about them. But we were fortunate enough to take part in a CBS mock draft. This was an analyst mock draft. So 
it was worth it was definitely worth looking into worth discussing and we'll get we're gonna get into the actual mock draft we're gonna go through 10 rounds of it we'll talk about players we like players we don't like and just at the, at the end we'll talk about our teams but before we get into it and we talk about who was actually in the draft with us let's just talk about strategy in general in general in general <laughs> uh zach it's been a while since you've talked on the podcast so i'll let you jump in and start man you, I think you like. I think you probably like points leagues more than most of us on this podcast. If correct me if I'm wrong, is but and go ahead and just get into your strategy when you enter a uh, points league draft. Well, first off, I appreciate you letting me talk. That's very very kind of you. Um, <laughs> this is yeah, the last time. <laughs> this is the last time. I just ruined my chances. <laughs> um, but no, I I play in a pretty competitive points league. Uh, it's 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 a format that I'm a fan of. Um, rotisserie is is growing on me a little bit more these days but yeah i mean i'm a points league fan just some some quick strategy that that i like i prefer pitching pitching is huge in points leagues uh, as you guys know um i prefer to to stream pitchers and try to stack as many quality pitchers as i can i like guys that eat up a lot of innings high k upside and i like to pair them with with a few few potent bats, high-impact bats um, early if possible, some high OBP guys, run-producing power threats. But pitching is huge in these types of leagues. Uh, you really need – that's where you're going to get your 20 to 30-point um, advantage very quickly if you have um, some quality pitching. So as you as we will go through in this draft, um, pitching went very early, which is, is pretty common, and I know that's kind of the strategy that you guys have with with points leagues as well yeah you pretty much hit the nail on the head there's not much i mean if you it's funny because as simple as it sounds like people don't listen to this advice i feel like because when you look at teams and not everybody follows the idea for me is always grab those high on base guys the big power bats um guys that try to get guys that don't strike out a lot this is like the perfect format for a carlos santana a michael conforto Yep. These guys really flourish yeah. here. Those guys go from fringe top 100 picks to like you could argue they're top 70, top 60 in this format. But you don't have to take them at that ADP. You don't have to take them that early because ADP is uh, filling in. You know all the other leagues kind of affected. So yeah. those George, are two. Those are two great names, by yeah, the way. I was going to say. <laughs> and speaking of that, I was going to let George maybe talk a little bit about it. But if anything, we kind of talked about George. If you want to just say if there's a few names that come to mind right away that just gain value. Um, yeah, for sure. So just, I mean, uh, I mean, as far as points leagues go in general, I don't really mind them. It, they're like, I, my longest running league is a points league. It was my introduction Boo. to fantasy baseball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it was, it was my introduction to fantasy yeah. baseball and, uh, as it was, it was just a, a, a transition from, you know, it's a good transition from like fantasy football, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's the point structure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, I, I've been in this points league with my friends and it's one of the more, I guess, you know, fun uh, as far as like, you know, competitiveness and going head to head and excitement, I guess, you know. So there's good things about points. league. it doesn't like, you know, the big thing knock on is that it doesn't always represent, you know, the, the winners of these leagues don't always represent the best team in the league. But I mean, that's just the nature of head to head, really. Um, in points leagues, it's just it's a little less you know, strategy, because it doesn't really matter how, you know, your players are getting their points, just as as long as they're scoring. And, you know, to touch on that, you basically want to get guys who, like you said, like get on base, um, 
you know, home runs and, and strikeouts are, are king in, in points leagues. You want home runs and you want pitchers who, who get, you know, volume, uh, as Zach alluded to, and, and strikeouts. So, yeah, I mean, if you really, one of the things, if you want to look at just the one thing to look at is like your walk to strikeout ratio, guys. You got like Alex Bregman at the top, uh, Carlos Santana, who is the perfect points league, you know, a poster boy is number two in the league um, with a one-to-one, exactly one-to-one walk to strikeout ratio. And you got guys like Mookie Betts, Anthony Rendon, Mike Trout, Cody Bellinger. It's just, it goes on and on with these high OBP guys uh, that are consistent. These are the type of guys that you want in, in points leagues. Uh, it definitely, again, like that's what I was saying, it boosts like they, and then give some deeper names, like like I said, the Confortos before, uh, Schwarber, great for this format. Exactly. Yeah. Like so mm-hmm. it's really as simple as it sounds. And last thing I'm going to touch on as far as strategy goes, because, because again, we all pretty much are in unison. Just know your format because I remember joining a points league yes. last year and I did not know the points format and I was really upset to see how heavily it favored certain exactly. categories. So at the end of the day, know your format yeah that is the (laughs) sorry that is the most important thing that you want to do when in a points league is you want to take a look at your scoring settings because you're i mean if you don't you're going to be halfway through your draft and you're going to you know look at the point settings and realize like oh crap you know what have i done you know it happened to me last year in that fwfb league you got me into yeah yeah you want to take a look and (laughs) see if there's something you can exploit I still made the playoffs though, which was awesome. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's because you know I'm just so amazing. No, uh... <laughs> just two quick things to add about strategy though. So back to Santana for a second. He's a great player for this type of format, and um, this type of format it's going to boost his ADP a little bit. So for example, so he went seventy uh, second in this draft that we're going to discuss over here, but his typical fan tracks ADP right now is around a hundred. So he basically shot up about thirty picks um in this type of point style league uh compared to like a rotisserie league but um yeah he's a huge valuable name um high obp guy um also i forgot to add in my strategy before this is the type of format where i really devalue stolen bases and saves it's not something that i'm concerned with pretty much at all um maybe i'll stream some some saves or pick up some saves off the waiver wire throughout the season but this is not a type of draft where I would ever consider reaching for a top-notch closer like like Chapman or Kirby Yates and overspend on that, or guys like v- VR or uh, or Mondesi. Those are guys that I would never find on any of my points leagues teams. So there's just really no need for that. Yeah, exactly. Those types of like you know streaky hitters who don't exactly have the best plate discipline. Uh, I mean, they can help you win some weeks, but they're definitely going to, you know, they're definitely going to lose you some weeks. Yep. Uh, that's for Probably sure. Probably so, lose you more than win. Yeah. That, so guys that, like, sorry, go ahead. I was just, I was just, saying, just, the, just that, that all goes back to knowing your point settings because some, some point settings might favor stolen bases for some reason, or maybe nerf it to stolen bases have value. So they keep the value of your base dealers. Like, it yeah. always goes back to knowing your point system. Don't make the yeah. mistake I made and have to hope to make the playoffs, which I didn't win any money in that league. So it was, it was, but making the playoffs sucks when it doesn't, when you don't make money. But anyway, it's another, yeah. Discussion. Guys, guys like, uh, I was just going to say guys like, uh, Justin Upton and, uh, Karis Davis. Uh, those are guys are who, who like, you know, historically have at some points in head to head leagues, especially, you know, points leagues that count like strikeouts, 
uh, have been frustrating to own at times because of just the nature of, you know, their streakiness. Uh, yeah, so those guys sometimes uh, can be tough to own in, in points leagues. All right. I think we touched on the uh, strategy and tactics of a points league, and I'm sure other topics will come up as we discuss it, but let's get right into the CBS mock now. Again, this was an industry mock put on by CBS, Scott White, uh, Scott White's own, CBS's own Scott White, I should say. He put this on, got some industry guys. There was, I'll just go through the list of who drafted. Uh, at the one spot, you had Joe Drake from of Pitcherlist. Two, George, you drafted. Uh, Zach, you drafted at three. Tim McLeod, he drafted at four. Um, I drafted five. I had the five hole. So me, and you, all three of us, all three of us had top five picks. Now, I wish one of us had a bottom end pick, but whatever. George Kretz of Rotowire, uh, pick six. Ian Khan of Rotowire, of Rotowire, pick seven. The itch, <laughs> the itch of Rasball. Which, by the way, if people don't, don't know Rasball, a lot of their guys have like fake names, like these monikers, almost like it's just a. That's right. If that's even the right word, probably not. Um, they have like <laughs> these. Uh, they have these like aliases that they go by. So whatever. The itch from Rasball. John from John from MLB moving. Oh, MLB moving averages. Brent Brant Chesser. Scott White himself, and then Chris Mitchell of Fantrax, which we're still not sure if he's a real person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he is, but I've never talked to him. Um, and obviously, George and I, George and I, write for Fantrax, and I've never, we've just never had any, uh, any discussion. I don't know. It sounds terrible. Whatever. It's the truth. <laughs> I, I've, I've learned to be very transparent. People appreciate transparency. <gasps> this guy says he writes for Fantrax or works for Fantrax. And I've never talked talked to the guy, spoke to the guy. So prove maybe, it prove it put your money with your mouth is where your mouth is not with your mouth that's weird um <laughs> beating this dead horse into the ground got it uh, <laughs> it's one of those shows tonight so round one transition hard right into round one trout went one yelich two acuna three those are the big three am i the one okay Bre- okay zach you took acuna at three am i crazy for thinking that acuna shouldn't have been taken three in this format First of all, three, I think, is the best spot you can have in a draft. In um, a roto just... draft? Because <laughs> in a points league draft, I don't want three. I don't like, because I don't, I don't think Acuna is still part of that top tier of a player. I think he falls into the Betts and Bellinger range. And then the pitchers also. Yes. I mean, I, I agree. The, the Trout and Yelich are one, two in this format. Um, I have no, I had no problem taking Acuna three. I didn't even have anybody else really in consideration at this point. Um, but I think the top two guys went appropriately in this format. I agree. George had a like, he had the easy pickings of whichever one fell. So no, yeah. jam- George, <laughs> no did, you, there. did you have any consideration of Acuna there or no? No, it was either going to be Yelich or Trout, whichever one was there at number two. Okay, I agree. But I can, I mean, I can, I can, you know, get on board with Acuna at three. Um, mm, but I can understand it. But again, like. Honestly, right. I could I could also drop him as low as like seven in this format, and people might be like, "Wow, it's because of his oh, strikeout yeah, rate." His strikeout, his strikeout rates, his strikeout rate is just a, a concern in this format. He doesn't offer like a Betts and a Bellinger might be better in this format because of the on base percentage and the lack of the, and lesser strikeouts. Yeah, it's, you could probably make a, an argument for uh, Gary Cole. Uh, uh, Degrom, Betts, Bregman, and Bellinger. I, I think you can make a case for all of those guys at three. The strikeouts and lack of walks are concerning, but I think some of that will be made up by the forty stolen bases that he could steal. So, but what if his stolen bases get? What if his caught stealing goes up? Then suddenly he's losing points more now. Just saying, <laughs> I think I, I just don't think Acuna is the slam dunk top three pick 
in points leagues. That's all I'm getting at. We, I don't want to sit on top three all night. But so <laughs> at, at four and five, so at four and five, you had your first pitchers come off the board. Garrett Cole and DeGrom to me at five. Yeah. I decided to go pitcher heavy first because knowing knowing it was a points league and knowing that there was analysts, I figured, well, that means pitching is going to get pushed up. So I took DeGrom at five. And some people, you know, I think I had some people ask me why DeGrom and Cole over Betts, Bellinger, and all them. And that's all it was, was just I knew pitching wasn't going to make it – wasn't going to really be that – it was going to be heavily favored. I didn't expect to see a lot of it make it back to me. So I wanted to get an ace. Do we know yeah. – just a quick quick point about Garrett Cole. Was he signed when we did this? No. No. So he was a free agent and, yep. and Tim took him four. That's a little aggressive. Yeah. I still, th- I'm, I'm still, I'm. Some people think it's still slam dunk. Cole one. I'm leaning to ground one now, and I'm not even a Mets. I you you might as well think I'm a Mets fan. I love half your team. <laughs> <laughs> I love to ground. Join the dark side anytime you want. I'm a Marlins fan. It's already dark. I'm on the dark side of the moon. You're just creeping over about to join me. <laughs> yeah, I, I think saying that starting pitching was pushed up in this mock is an understatement. I mean, well, we're gonna get to it too, <laughs> right? So. So yeah. like I said, that's through. The, so and then obviously after those two starting pitchers went, you had Betts, Bellinger, and then Verlander at eight. Which again, that's early most formats, but not this. Bregman nine, good value. Uh, Bueller ten, Scherzer eleven, Altuve at twelve. That's probably the surprising pick. He has no wow. business being there at all in any format. Yeah, Altuve at, at twelve in front of guys like Nolan Arenado, Freddie Freeman, Francisco Lindor, Juan well, Soto. Lindor, oh, wow. see, Lindor had no business being picked this early either in, in a points league because his OBP skills aren't the best. I mean, not no I business, mean, but he, I, I, I like, I could, I, could, I think he's, he's. I don't know. There's a lot of players I'm looking at behind him, which I guess we'll get into in a second here. But there's a lot of, play, a lot of players behind him I like more. Not necessarily yeah. hate the pick, but in this format. But regardless, I think we all agree that Altuve is a reach there. Um, Arenado at 13, he should have been at 12. And he, Soto at 16 is ridiculous. But, yeah, yeah so. It's way too just, low for him. We're, we're going to move right into the second round. 13th overall was – um. I'll just read them and then we'll reflect. Thir- 13th overall was Arenado, 14 Freeman, 15 Lindor, 16 Soto, 17 Springer, Judge – I'm just going to – 18 Judge, 19 Strasburg, 20 Rendon, Clevenger at 21, Tatis at 22, which we'll touch on, Bieber at 23, and Harper at 24. So through your first 24 picks, you had one, two, three, four, five, sorry, um, six, seven, eight pitchers, which honestly isn't that bad. Cause, but in a 12-teamer, it's actually, that's quite a few, I'd say, because some of these guys probably make it to the third round or, or late or – Early third round, probably in a in a roto format, maybe I don't know. This actually seems pretty typical, but early drafts I've been in have been fifteen teamers, so I'm a little yeah. skewed. But regardless, let's just take that. I know I just kind of rambled on for a little bit. That whole round, though, any names that uh, stick out to you and kind of touch on Lindor a little bit? I don't know if anybody wants to add to that. Uh, I was a little surprised to see George Springer. Um, oh yeah, there okay. in the the middle of the second round. Um, I mean, he is like judge. He is good in points leagues. He's just a little ris- risky for me. Um, I wouldn't take him over that, in that same round. I mean, what you have Judge, Rendon, just hitters. Judge, Rendon, and Harper would be the ones I for sure would take over him. Yeah, Those are way better in OBP formats and points formats. And then Tatis, that's the one. Like I know you loved that pick, Zach. You picked Tatis at the end of the second, and most people would be like, "Wow, he fell that far." This is a points league. 
that's this is where his value. He's one of those that get hurt by this because of. I mean, he's a high tw- he's a mid to high twenties K percent guy. His OBP was good last year, but he's typically in the minors sitting around. Oh, it fluctuates three fifty ish, maybe up upwards of three ninety at best. But that's not going to sustain, obviously. I just don't know. I don't think the OBP is going to be there. The plate discipline isn't all that great. But he doesn't walk nothing. He walks eight percent about league average, but the K rate is too much. So yeah, I don't and know. I'm just Mike. You took Anthony Rendon twentieth overall, uh, number eight yes, in the please. second round. I absolutely love that. Yeah, that's that was that's easy. great. That was such an easy pick. I mean, I would have taken him over Judge Springer. Um, Harper's the I only mean, one I had a hard time taking him over. Harper was the only consider one. Consider Harper there at, at eight in the second round. Yeah, because Harper, it, it, the format it suits him. Take away a batting average being an issue, mm-hmm. like if, yeah, because the power he has. I would I, I would argue he has better upside and power. In his um in that lineup, I don't know the uh, the, the Angels are as long as Child's healthy, Rendon will have hundred RBI upside easily. Yeah, so absolutely, think, I, and they're pretty equal. Right. So average isn't as important in, in points leagues because we're not worried about how, you know, like I mentioned earlier, we're not worried about how they're, sco- or they're scoring. We're just worried about them scoring. And if Harper's getting on base at a, you know, 400%, you know, I mean, a, a 400 clip, uh, you know, OBP, we're not really worried about what his average is, you know, because typically uh, a walk is as good as a, a hit in a point, points league. And mm-hmm. then, you know, he's scoring runs, he's hitting homers. So, yeah, and then also, you know, with Rendon and these guys that hit, like, you know, hit a lot of doubles too. You know, a lot, a lot of times, unless your league counts like uh, OPS or slugging, really, you know, doubles don't really account for much in other category leagues. But in points leagues, you get, you know, twice as many points uh, for a double as you do for a single. So these guys who hit a lot of doubles. Harper's uh, a big gonna, doubles guy too. So. Yeah, they're going to gain some value as well, guys who have a high slugging percentage. Like, I would argue Harper – First of all, Soto was an absolute steal at 16. Soto was a first-rounder. Soto, you could argue, should have been – I can understand him getting pushed down because of the pitching, but he shouldn't have gone I – would, I would actually have him at 12 over Arenado, technically. So I think Soto should have been a first-rounder. So that was, that was probably the steal of the round. Zach, what are your takes? Do you have anything worth mentioning? <laughs> I agree with the Soto. I definitely think he should have went probably around 12 or so. Uh, I think Springer was a reach. I think you guys are spot on with that. Um, just to defend my Tatis – a little bit it's not first bad of, just risky. it's not a bad pick first of all uh, i'm jumping ahead to the third round um That's actually no i'm not i'll save it for the next <laughs> round uh, but tatis i mean i think you're looking at uh at least a 2020 floor um you're probably more realistically if he's healthy you're looking at a 30 30 guy um i think his obp still will end up around 350 360 obviously the strikeouts are a little bit of a concern but in this day and age um it's pretty common. I'm not overly concerned about the strikeouts. I still think he's just going to perform well across the board. And I still think we haven't even seen the best of this kid. So I really wasn't too concerned with that. Ideally, I wanted to go pitcher in the second round. And the guy that I was targeting was Clevenger, who went to pick right before me. So I kind of, I would have called it a panic pick, but um, well, I was gonna ask, not the original plan. You talked about not really valuing steals as much and all that, and then you took Tatis over Harper. I know you're not the biggest Harper guy. At least I don't think you are. But I feel like with shortstop being as deep as it is, there's no middle infield or corner infield in this particular format and in most points leagues. So with that being said, I'm surprised you didn't just attack, you know, take on take on a Harper who is better suited for this format. 
Yeah. Maybe honestly, I would have been completely fine with taking Harper as well. Um, I like that Harper pick as well, but I, I don't know. I'm just a sucker for for Tatis. And I, I think um, you have that roto bias in your head right now, though, because I think in t- like Tatis, I took him 17th overall in a high stakes league. Like I did that. I took the ch- chance on him, so I'm not anti Tatis. But in this format, I'm definitely not interested, to be honest. At least not in the second round. But yeah. we, can move, we I don't want to harp on it. We've we've been talking about it enough. Third round. Yeah. Jump right into it. We have it starts off twenty five right at the top. Pick twenty five. Chris Sale, a little earlier than I'd like, but we'll we can touch on that in a second. Devers at twenty six, twenty seven. Story twenty eight. Flaherty twenty nine. Snell, yeah, you can guess who took him. Thirty uh, is Trey Turner. Thirty one is Gleyber Torres. Thirty two is Pete Alonzo. Whatever that noise was was thirty three. Um, I don't know what that was. Giolito. I burped and I was trying to. <laughs> is that what that was? That's totally cute. That's staying in. Like, I don't know. I hope you don't mind people hearing whatever the fuck all that noise was. I want to hear it back now. Well, you're going to. It's going to be on the podcast so like, when this gets released. Um, a little behind the scenes stuff. I usually edit this stuff out. I used to anyway. Now that you guys enjoy it with us and hope you laugh. And if not, I'm sorry. It's funny to us. Um, 33 is Giolito. Apparently, it makes him make a weird noise. 34 is Starling Marte. Which I found weird. Thirty-five is that's, JD Martinez. It's a weird yeah. pick. Thirty-five is JD Martinez. That's a heck of a grab. And then thirty-six. Yeah, thirty-six by fan tracks his own Chris Mitchell, <laughs> Jose Barrios. <laughs> Still don't believe he works. Uh, I'm gonna look him up while you guys talk. <laughs> so anybody stand out in this round, value-wise or non-value-wise? Um, I just wanted to go back to my previous pick. I had taken Shane oh. Bieber. Sorry, I mean, I never had to talk, I never had to let you talk about your pick. Yeah, yeah, no, I just I just wanted to touch on my previous pick in the second round. At the end of the second here, I got uh, Shane Bieber, and I think kind of you know regardless of format, I think it's just getting more and more important to have an ace on your staff. And um, I mean, I, I love Shane Bieber. I mean, he's two hundred strikeouts. Um, you're looking at two hundred forty, two hundred fifty. Uh, Oh, I'm sorry, other way around, 200 innings and then 240, 250 strikeouts. Uh, still pitching, you know, in a great division to pitch in. So, yeah, I, I got him here at the end of the second, and, and I'm perfectly happy with that. Then um, here in the third, Chris Sale, I mean, Chris Sale on the top of the, the third, that's kind of risky. A little bit, a little bit. Especially yeah. with um, who went after him, Flaherty. You got Flaherty Snell. and Snell. I mean, I think at Snell this point. Snell has his own health concerns. I get it. But at the same time, though, if you don't take one of those three, Giolito I like, but I don't like him as much as Sale. I think – but it's a shallower format, so I'm okay in a 12-team league taking a shot on Sale there. Because, remember, like, I look at 12-teamers as kind of shallow these days, personally, especially when you have no middle infield, no corner infield, only three outfielders. So, yeah. you know, pitching – I'll take my chances on the high upside, which we'll get to later because I actually took a high upside guy late, but – yeah, and I, I took Devers here in the third, who, I mean, I am all about Devers this year. Uh, I have him in that top tier of third baseman, uh, in up there with Bregman and Rendon and Arenado. I think Devers is right there with them. Uh, he's a, a doubles machine there in that park. I think he's got a tremendous uh, power upside as well. He's going to hit for a great average. He's in a good lineup. He's going to have terrific counting stats. So uh, Devers here, absolutely love it in the, in the third round. And then I completely, you know, the, the ADP was kind of really weird in this draft. So Very weird. I completely overlooked Trevor Story, uh, who you took, Zach. Yeah, man. Here in the third round. 
So what I was going to say before was, I don't want to spoil the pick, but I actually didn't see Trevor's story because the ADP <laughs> was so messed up. So ideally, Trevor's story would have been my second pick. And then I yeah, I guess if Tatis was still there, maybe. Um, I, I did like the idea of taking one of those pitchers in the third. Um, but once, once I saw Trevor's story still there, I had to take him. So that's not, that wasn't my plan going into it was going three hitters early. That was not my plan. Uh, the plan was to take at least one pitcher within those first three picks. But once I saw a story there, I, I just, I had to jump on that. So that's why yeah. I went with three hitters early, but yeah, tremendous value for Trevor's story in the third. I mean, you're looking at a uh, potential 30, 30 guy, um, potential to hit even more home runs 40 home run 100 guy 100 run guy I mean he he does everything so you can't go wrong in the third with Trevor's story yeah and then um, you got someone like Trey Turner who falls here in the middle of the third round I mean in a roto or categories league your Trey Turner is a first round pick yeah and uh, you know to see him fall here in the third round uh, it just shows you just how much stolen bases are are devalued uh, in points leagues then uh, the other pick that stands out for me is Jose Barrios here in the third, going ahead of guys like, um, you know, Luis Castillo, uh, Clayton Kershaw, uh, Patrick Corbin. So Nola. yeah, Aaron Nola. Yeah. So uh, Jose Barrios was a bit of a surprise here just because I, I mean, I think, you know, he's going to be good uh, as far as like, you know, innings go and he's probably going to have a decent ERA. I just, he hasn't shown that he can be that, you know, uh, strikeout machine. Uh, that that sometimes he kind can kind of flash, but he yeah, was a I'm very just not frustrating sure the strikeouts are there. Yeah, yeah, he he does allow a lot of contact too, so that's kind of uh, it was a bit surprising here to see him go in the third round. So I'm blaming Scott White for the flub up. Chris Mitchell is not; he's a previous contributor to Fantrax, according to his Twitter page. Okay, <laughs> so he does his own thing. I think now I think he's independent, which is fine. He's still an analyst which is great. I'm glad he is. It's just not a Fantrax analyst. So this whole time I'm like over here, like laughing. I'm like, dude, this guy is not part of Fantrax. Anymore. Yeah. I thought, have I overlooked this guy in our chats? Like this <laughs> whole time? Year like, yeah. <laughs> Whoopsies. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was a previous, uh, okay. It takes the fun out of this whole joke now, but whatever. <laughs> so it was still funny. We had a lot of fun behind the scenes with that one. <laughs> Round four. Speaking Hold on, just him. I just wanted to oh, point out two it, picks Dad. in round three. Starling Marte. No, you said you didn't want this to be in an hour. And well, then stop. Here. Then stop talking so much. <laughs> really? Because I just chimed in. <laughs> um, Starling Marte. Starling Marte. I think that's quite the reach in this third round. Um, not a fan of that pick. I do like the pick right after in JD Martinez at thirty-five. I think that's tremendous value. He's another great points type player. And then Pete Alonso, 32. It's my boy. He strikes out a lot for this type of format. But Ooh, I think, you're, you're poo-pooing him. Okay. I'm not, poop, I'm not so poo-pooing, but go back to him. I think J.D. Martinez is a better pick in that spot than I Alonso. Yeah, uh, real quick, did you guys touch on Glaber Torres here? I, I was, again, I was looking up the whole – I was doing my investigation while you were talking. I did not. Was Torres brought up? I just think it's too early for Torres. I don't see he he's barely like I don't like him here in a roto league. I definitely don't like him here in a points league. Yeah. So there were a, a lot of reaches in this draft, and like we said, the ADP really was all over the place in People, CBS. Yeah, CBS had their ADP. I think it was more for dynasty leagues because you had some really weird named guys towards the top most of the time. Yep. But even then, it was weird because like so we had the you had a, the good thing though is you actually had to know your what you were looking for. 
you had to know your players because otherwise you were actually at a disadvantage. So I noticed like, because we'll talk about later, I got a couple guys I really liked late, like very late, which really rounded out my team really well in offense. But anyway, so Barrios ended the third round, fourth round, 37th pick overall. I'm trying to hurry this up a little bit. Uh, Severino's at 37. Jose Ramirez at 38 was a heck of a, heck of a get. I don't know. He fell too far. I was wow, actually upset. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Wow. Yeah, well, that's the problem. Like, I hate to stop it right there, but I considered him in the third round, but I wanted to get another pitcher. I was like, oh, there's no way he'd fall. And he should have been picked in that top end of the third round for sure. And he, again, all those names you mentioned, the Trey Turners, the Pete Alonzos, the, like, the pretty much half, the, half, the, half of round three shouldn't have gone before Jose Ramirez, in my opinion. He's still a tough player to evaluate. Uh, he yeah, really over, over Stalling Marte, over Pete yes. Alonso, really? Um, in this format, you just complained about the strikeouts. And now you're going to take – now, you now you're not going to take – I know, but I'm just, I'm just not a Ramirez believer after what I've seen the past year and I a half. I get it. But I understand Alonso because what he makes up for the Ks is in the power. So I, I definitely think Ramirez is – worthy of a third round pick if not earlier in this draft though. i would say third round I, I mean second round was tough because second round was littered with talent so third round for sure he shouldn't have made it to the fourth so i love that value so we don't have to touch on that again severino 37 jose ramirez 38 luis castillo 39 paddock at 40 uh bogart's at 41 solid value but kind of who he is uh 42 is kershaw 43 is nola 44 is rizzo albies at 45 patrick corbin at 46 Yonder Alonso, 47, and Stanton, 48. Jordan Alvarez. <laughs> Yonder Alonso. Jordan, Jordan Alvarez. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Yonder Alonso. What am I thinking? Yonder Alonso. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't been relevant for years. Right, well, oh, man. Was, uh, at the beginning of the year for the White Sox. At least I know who he played for. I think it was nine million a year. Crazy, I know that. Anyway. Yeah. Jordan Alvarez, or Jordan Alvarez at 47. Not, not a lot, whatever I just said. God, that was terrible. I can't believe I said that. Anyways, <laughs> Jordan Alvarez at 47, Stanton at 48. That rounds out uh, round four. This seems like a pretty vanilla round. Like, it feels like a sol- it feels like a bunch of – feels like a round full of value, full of um, just solid – like nothing really yeah. stands out to me here. Yeah, everything feels pretty uh, appropriate here in the fourth round. Uh, a couple of my favorite picks here were uh, Xander Bogarts going number uh, five in the fourth round. I to like the that itch. value. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like uh, Xander Bogarts could be a second-round player in a points league. Like he's he's going to provide that value. He's safe. Uh, you know, like his teammate Devers, he's going to hit a ton of doubles. He's going to have a good slugging percentage. Uh, he's good for a, a good average and some pop, some good counting stats. So Bogarts I'd there. Have, I was just I'd rather have Bogarts over Tatis to be honest. Like not just trying to pick on Zach, but yeah. I value Bogarts. I think Bogarts is that much of a value. And, and and how much farther you get them, it's like one of those things you could just think keep yeah. that in your keep that in your mind type of thing for the future. Like wow, Bogarts goes here, I'll skip up Tatis all day, get a pitcher or something. You know what I mean? Just something to, like kind of learn from or think about in the future. Not just picking on you, Zach. I mean in general. No, I, I mean, get it. I mean in general for people to think about. Um, but I want the only person I really want to talk about for a second here and. Zach, uh, let's see, who did I take this round? I took Rizzo at 44, great OBB guy, not even going to bother. He is what he is. Zach took Corbin, great pitcher, great points league pitcher too. Solid. I like that I like that pitcher for you after your your start of those three hitters. And But I want to talk about Jordan Alvarez, not Yonder Alonso. Um, I want to talk about Jordan Alvarez, and he's DH only. That doesn't sway you at all this early in the draft. Uh, no, no, it didn't. It really didn't. Um, 
He is DH only, but I'm perfectly fine taking someone of his caliber here to fill in at my, uh, you know, utility spot. Uh, I think he, sorry. Uh I was going to say, we saw Chris Davis be that way last year going in a similar area. Exactly. Yeah. Granted he didn't offer the upside Alvarez. I mean, I don't know. That's arguable. That's arguable. It's um, debatable, I should say, is probably the better word. I don't know if arguable is a word, but debatable is a word. Um, it's debatable that it's they can't be similar, but I think Alvarez has a higher ceiling. I just, Absolutely. I, I just think there's so much unknown that there's a chance that you're taking up your DH this early and possibly getting – possibly getting – I'm not saying it's going to happen, but the potential is there that he bottoms out because he is going into a second year, technically his first full season. Yeah, there is that risk of a sophomore slump, but I think he showed last season that – uh, you know, he's got the plate discipline. Uh, he, he's got the power. He's in a great lineup. Uh, I mean, I, I think it's there, and I think it's, I think it's, I'm perfectly fine here in a 12 team league taking him uh, in the fourth round. So, and filling in my utility spot. So, I really, I, I do like the, the uh, Alvarez pick here. Alvarez has come out and said that he, he does want to play outfield more this season. It's something that he's really going to work on. So, I, I really think he's going to get, what is it, maybe five to 10 starts um, to gain eligibility in the outfield. I think he's probably going to get that. Um, hopefully midseason um, would be the, uh, the ideal possibility there uh, for that to happen. But I, I think you'll probably get outfield eligibility at some point throughout the season from Alvarez. So with that being said, I mean, I think his um, – I think his offensive upside, um, I, I think the track record's there. I'm not worried about a sophomore slump like George said either. Uh, so hopefully he'll, he'll gain the outfield eligibility at some point. So hopefully it won't be as big of a deal once he gains that. Yeah, exactly. It's a good point. Good point, Zach. And the reason yeah. I, I was bringing up roster resource, sorry, I forgot to add that <laughs> that whole thing after all that. But so right now you got Brantley in left field, Springer in center field with the uh, subtraction of Marisnik and Reddick in right field. But there, there has been trade rumors um, that Reddick could be paired with a Correa type player to bring in a pitcher. So it's possible that Reddick is even gone. Um, so maybe Alvarez slots into one of the corner outfield spots. You're just so. going to ignore Kyle Tucker? Yes, I will. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot about Kyle Tucker. I know you did. He's not on here. <laughs> you also forgot about Miles Straw, who can play the outfield. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's a whole bunch of. Uh, I could see him getting some outfield reps and yes, possibly being subbed late for I think defensive he'll get outfield. I think he will gain outfield eligibility. You could just say it just that simply. I could have. I just felt like being you and just talking more. Oh, I've learned my lesson. I've, I, well, sort of, when it comes to this stuff I have. Yeah. Overall, anyway. it, it's a good pick by George. Yeah, I'm okay with it. I'm just, I'm not, I, as a DH only, but yeah, I, I do agree. I think it'll be sooner than later. It might take upwards of a month or two, which you have to be patient for, but I think he gets them as well. Well, at least I hope. Uh, fifth round. Start right at the top, I guess. Again, uh, Paxton, Marte, Grinky. This is 49, 50, 51, Grinky. 52, Suarez, 53, Blackman, 54, Machado. 55, Darvish. 56, Morton. I hate reading this. 57, Jimenez. 58, Nelson Cruz. Kind of, I like that one. Interesting. Mm-hmm. 59, Syndergaard. And 16, Merrifield. Not really much to talk about this round. I don't know if you guys really want to. Again, it's very, very min- uh, vanilla- Sixth round, nothing really stands out. Maybe the Cruz, we can argue, stands out at 58 overall. But this format really favors him because he's a big power guy, good on base. Other than that, everybody here, just another solid piece to your team. Yeah, solid yeah. rounds. 
Absolutely. Uh, the, the one thing that I would change, like I said, the ADP really was difficult to keep track of in such short time. Um, I probably, I, I wanted to go starting pitcher here. I took Granke. Uh, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, he's an innings eater, but ideally I probably, if I could take that pick back right now, I would probably go Charlie Morton instead of Granke. Um, just like the stuff that Morton brings to the table. In redraft leagues, I think I would have Morton higher than Granke. Uh, I do, so you wouldn't be alone. Yeah, I was just going to say that I was – I mean, I was thrilled to get Cattell Marte here in the fifth. I think you can make an argument for him as being the number one second baseman, uh, and so I have him here here in the fifth. Uh, nothing else really stands out. Uh, Merrifield kind of, but meh, I get it, whatever. But this whole swing pick right here kind of – like this Chris Chris Mitchell, formerly of Fantrax. Uh he took I don't know if I'm sorry if I interrupted if you had want to complete your thought before I move on because it kind of transitioned perfect and now ruined the transition. No, no, no. That's good. I the only other thing I was gonna say, uh, the fourth pick here at Eugenio Suarez. I, I think um I think you guys kinda of know my sentiment on Suarez going into next year at this point. Uh yeah, he's I, gonna hit fifty. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about that. Uh, I'm kinda of worried about Suarez next season. Because uh, yeah. he, with that strikeout rate, um, you know, I could definitely see him. I could definitely see him, uh, you know, falling off next, you know, get, being a risk of falling off for next season. I mean, I, I get it. We're not gonna get into that right now, but I get it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Whit Merrifield at sixty feels a little early, especially when you see some of the names we're about to get into. But Merrifield and Hater, Hater, we can get that out of the way. That's sixty-one. That's the first pick around six. That goes back to all of us kind of agreeing. We just don't like saves that early. We can keep it that simple. Like, we all agree there. Yeah, I'm not taking saves in round six. It's a little different. I mean, Hayter's kind of the exception. I I don't like it, but Hayter's a guy. Stop it. He he can go multi-innings, and uh, he might not be your prototypical save type guy. What if he doesn't get those saves? What if he goes back to that role, and now they bring in, like, Knebel comes back healthy, and now Hayter is losing a lot of value, and you're taking him at the seat. He's the type of guy you're paying for the ceiling, and he could revert and lose the five or so saves this year, going back to a two two inning role. So for the record, I, I, I don't I don't like the pick. <laughs> I know yeah. you don't. I meant in general though. I like I'm kind of, I'm fading Hater in drafts, not because of the talent, because of the potential for him to fall back. They have they they're starting to fill that rotation out with like just like innings guys. They could. I, I'm really big on Corbin Burns this year. We can we'll get into another draft another discussion, but. It's just they have these other pieces that they can kind of plug around Hater, so Hater doesn't have to ex- extend just be the yeah, exclusively be the closer. Anymore. Yeah, I, I mean, I kind of uh, I agree that I wouldn't take Hater here in the six, but if there is a reliever to reach for in a points league, it would be Hater, just because regardless of what role he's in, you know he's going to get the volume every week. And I mean, like I said earlier, strikeouts are king in uh, in points leagues. So I mean I could yep. I could see you know someone reaching for Hater, and you he's someone who you're not necessarily worried about if, if he's getting the saves or not. I mean now if your league doesn't count points for like holds, I could see that being you know a knock on his value. Uh, but uh, otherwise, uh, yeah, Hater I, I'm fine with in a points league, just not probably not here in the six. Agreed. Okay, yeah, I'm kind of with that, I guess. It's, I'm great. Just, it's a great point, George. I'm just fading hater for the most part, I guess. I don't know, I, I voice my concerns. I think I'm not worried about talent. Anyway, Chris Bryant, 62. 
Josh Bell, 63. I'm loving this round. Everything about it again. Just honestly, all it's showing me is that 12 teamers are super stacked. Oh, yeah. Um, LeMayu, 64. Oof, a little early for me. 65, Hira. 66, Osuna. 67, Wheeler. 68, Kluber. This was before the trade as well. 69, I got sniped. <laughs> no, sorry, no, I didn't. I missed. I took Kluber. Dang it. I wouldn't, take, I wouldn't have taken Kluber. I actually thought Olsen. You probably couldn't find it with the ADP mess. Right, no, I knew, I actually knew Olson was there, and I thought he was I thought he was buried in this crappy uh, ADP that was going on. So but you I, thought that he could come back to you? Yeah, next round? So I thought he would come back to the next round. He didn't. But anyway, so I took Kluber sixty eight. I'm gonna say I'm just gonna address this real quick. Solid, still like him as an SP. He was my SP three, so that's great. But I wouldn't take him there now because of we could talk about that a little bit actually because we didn't touch on that at all in any podcast actually of late. Like, so we'll, we'll talk about the news in general, but. Let me finish this round. So 68 was Kluber. 69, nice, was Olsen. 70 was Guerrero. Good value. 71, Woodruff. I hate you, George. He was my, <laughs> he, I thought he'd fall back to me. I, I, I had Olsen and Woodruff my top two in my queue. And Did Santana, you really think that Olsen would come back to you with me and George getting two think, picks behind you? I didn't think you guys would yeah. take, I didn't think you guys valued him similarly to me. So I thought, yes, he might. But now I know I need to take him – I don't, but I would have just screwed you over the first chance. Because it's a mock. Because it's a well, mock, I get it. I, I'm glad to know that, Zach, because I would have taken him too. So it makes <laughs> me feel better, I guess, to know that uh, regardless, he wouldn't None have fallen to him. me. <laughs> right. <laughs> but this round is littered with talent. And honestly, man, like again, I this is going to be fun for me to play 12-team leagues because I'm so 15-team mentality this year already because this is my first year doing NFBC leagues and they're 15-teamers and – I'm finding value in like Hanser Alberto and guys that you won't roster for majority of the year. And like now it's like, wow, sixth round. I can have six players on my team and this is still one of the six. I love, I love these players, man. These are great guys. But uh, overall, everybody stands out. I almost want to pick like the hater we talked about and LeMayhew is definitely early when you compare him to other names going right now. Yeah. Santana, 72, I love that pick. We talked about how much he, his value's boosted. People don't see it as a value, but that's a really good value. And Guerrero, Zach, I'm not a, I'm not a Vlad guy, but I love the value. Like, at 70, I'm willing to take the risk, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, I'm a Vlad guy, and exactly I think that was a great pick. <laughs> He's not going to fall there. He's not going to fall there in any other draft this year. So enjoy it during the mock because it's never going to happen. You'll never see him leave the fifth round again, honestly. <laughs> You'll never see him leave the fifth round in any format, any draft, anywhere. Yep. And, I, yeah. and I'm low on him again this year, so go figure. Even if Olsen did fall to me there, uh, Olsen was on my radar at that point. I agree. I just love the value with Vlad this late in the draft. I couldn't pass that up. Now, we can talk about Kluber real quick. I know Kluber, we, he was traded to Texas from, you know, from the Indians, and initial thoughts just – Sorry, I'm just trying to think how to word this. But you know what? Initial thoughts. How about you, George? You you have any? I'll just let you jump on there real quick while I gather mine. Well, I mean, Kluber's pitched a lot. You know, he, he's pitched a lot of innings over the, this last decade, really. And he's coming off an injury. Um, who knows? Maybe the injury was, is something that's good for him. Maybe it, he needed this time off uh, to get some strength back and, and – uh, you know, rest up that arm and, and he could be a value. Absolutely. He was someone who we were taking, you know, in the second round, just like, you know, uh, last year, year, pretty much, you know, so um, absolutely Kluber here in the sixth round, 
you know that if he's healthy, uh, he can absolutely provide value. And Texas, I mean, that new ballpark, it's supposed to be, uh, you know, a little more pitcher, pitcher friendly. Yeah, absolutely. So I would say at the very least neutral because people don't realize that the, there's going to be a, a, a roof or it's going to be a dome, whatever. So that's going to take away a lot of the, the the issues with the whole thin air. So Yeah, and Texas really, I mean, they're trying to improve that team big time. So it's almost, when you look at team context, it's kind of weird to think that maybe the Rangers could be better than the Indians next season. But, hey, I mean, they, prob- they could be better than the Indians next season. I, I don't know what Cleveland is doing, you know, selling all their pieces. Uh, you, you, you see that Lindor's on the market. He could be moved. Uh, who knows, but... I mean, hey, he, he could actually maybe get into a few more wins in, uh, with the Rangers than uh, with the Indians. I agree. They're the, I think the win ability – I think the win potential goes up. But my main concern is that the division's a lot harder because now you're moving into a division, what, with the, with the A's, with the Angels, yeah, with Houston, compared to leaving the, the – you know, the, was it the AL Central with – the White Sox, the Royals. Well, the White Sox are actually good, but the Royals, the Tigers, the, Tigers, the, Roy- no. the Royals again, because they're so <laughs> bad. You got to make sure you mention them twice. Yeah. Uh, in all seriousness, though, that's just the divisional. So it almost makes it up. Like the wins might be a little better, but the the, the the opponents are that much harder. So are they really? Is it really more likely of a win of a winning scenario? And the ball, and we know the ballpark. I think the ballparks. I think the ballparks as a whole in that division are a little more hitter friendly, but. Regardless, I think I think he loses a little value personally, and I wouldn't have taken him here, especially over Woodruff, which I didn't value. I don't know why I didn't took him over Woodruff. I don't know. I thought maybe Woodruff would fall too because he was hiding in the ADP. I didn't realize I got George in on him with me. I thought it was just me. I thought I was like just the sole Woodruff guy. Yeah, I was kind of set on taking a, a second starting pitcher here, and um, well, I mean, I, I did have Olsen there. I was going to be taking a pitcher here coming up because uh, I have two picks pretty close to each other. And so I have uh, Woodruff here. I mean, if you think about it, Milwaukee, they really have no one else uh, as far as starting pitching goes. So he's going to be their ace. He's going to be their workhorse. They're going to need that volume from him. And we know that he's got the strikeout stuff. Uh, So, yeah, I'm perfectly fine with Woodruff as my SP2. Well, and let me go back to Kluber real quick. Zach, I don't know if you had anything to add or if you were ready for us to move on because we kind of touched on everything, but – no, you guys, you guys touched upon all the points. Uh, I agree with you about the division. That's my main concern. I think he loses some value there. So we're good to move on. Perfect. So Woodruff, Guerrero, we talked about Santana, just solid value. Bauer, I like that Bauer-Santana combo from uh, Joe Drake there at the 6-7 uh, turn. So starting off the seventh round, Bauer, 73rd overall. 74th overall is Goldschmidt. 75th overall is Glasnow. Looking at Goldschmidt, just how the mighty have fallen, but that's <laughs> – that's priced appropriately. Glass now, high upside. I like them. And because of Bauer and Glass now, most people rank them above Woodruff. So I thought that's why Woodruff would fall, by the way. That was exactly the reasoning. But regardless, uh, 76 was Austin Meadows. That's probably the cheapest you'll see him because he goes like in the third round of 15 teamers right now, by the yeah. way. So mm-hmm. you won't see him be there again. Max Muncy, I love getting him here. Multi positional eligible and way more valuable in OBP leagues. So I love Max Muncy there. Uh, 78 was. Baez, Javier Baez fell to 78th wow. overall, but I didn't even realize that. That's that, wow. Well, that's a name. Look at his underlying stats, and they're not the best for points for points leagues anyway. So I'm not I'm not all that surprised. To me, I get the value, the upsides there, but I'm not meh. It doesn't blow me away like like it normally would. 79 was Yoma Makata, 80s Hinjin Ryu, 
81 is Bo Bichette. 82 is Aroldis Chapman. So there's your second closer. And that's more likely. I'm better I'm better with this. Third closer. Player. Is that the third one? Is the second oh, Suna. Miss- yeah, Roberto Ozuna oh, was Suna. picked missed- in the previous round. Oh, see, I'm okay with – this is where I'm okay getting my first closer, around 80th overall. I'm well, okay Suna with- went same round as Hayter, just a few picks later than Hayter. Oh, wow. See, I, I must have overlooked it. I would have definitely gave crap about that because I don't want any closer that early. They right, both anyway. went in the uh, in the sixth. Jeez, I missed it. All right, 86, uh, 83rd, sorry, was uh, Sonny Gray, Sonny Gray, and 84 was Gary Sanchez, another yeah. solid value. So what we talked talk about a little bit what stood out for me. Um, Zach, what's stood out to you in this round? Um, yeah, the Chapman pick, it's a little, little early for me. Um, I was looking for another pitcher in this round, and Glasnow was another guy that just surprised me for being there. I know the injury history is a little bit of a concern, but this is a guy that's got that high K upside that I was talking about earlier. Uh, he could He's really good for this style of uh, this format. So I like that pick. Uh, the Baez pick, I think that's a, pretty, a surprise that he fell that far. And um, I like the Sonny Gray pick late in this round. Uh, just a solid points guy as well. He's going to give you six or seven innings each time out. Um, he can rack up the K's as well, um, limits the walks. So that's a that's a pick that I like in that round as well. George? Yeah, so when Scott White took Sonny Gray, he absolutely broke my heart because <laughs> I love Sonny Gray. Um, he's just the, you know, perfect, uh, you know, third starting pitcher for your roster no matter which format. He's actually, you know, in, in most leagues right now, I think like in Fantrax ADP at least, he's going, you know, after pick 100. And, you know, going here uh, in the seventh round was a little early. But, I mean, hey, we've seen pitching absolutely get pushed up here. So, Sonny Gray, uh, I mean, it definitely broke my heart when Scott White took him because I was, I was looking at him for the uh, next round. Another pick I really liked was, Mike, you took Max Muncy, and he is the perfect points league player. I mean, you're looking at uh, a high OBP, a lot of power, multi-positional eligibility. He is the prototypical guy that you want on your points league roster because in points leagues like you don't really want that many hitters on your bench because you know what they're not scoring points on your bench you want to fill that bench up with pitchers because you get those two start guys and that can win you you know that can win you your league that can win you week by week if you have more two-star options you know you're going to get that volume and that's going to give you a big advantage so having guys that are multi-positional eligibility is going to allow you to carry less hitters on your bench so i uh, absolutely love that pick mike max muncie was was awesome there other than that um yeah not too sure uh you guys mentioned pretty much touched on everything else here so we can move on to the next round and that kind of goes back right into what i was saying about as far as um as far as just how hitters fell and again that's part of the adp because going right into the next round you have castiano solid value Crea, i loved that value i was hoping he'd fall back to me and yeah. knew it wasn't going to happen. I guess Scott White also knew it was going to happen because he made it, you know, he picked them. Um, Kirby Yates, again, I'm okay with the closer here at this point. Marcelo Zuna, I think we were all crushed. I was going to take him from you this round, by the way. I know you were probably eyeing him. But Ozuna yeah. went 88. <laughs> uh, Carrasco, 89, which that brings up something I forgot to bring up, the strategy, so we'll get back to Carrasco. If I, if I don't remember, remind me. Ian Khan took nine. I don't know why I dropped his name. Ian Khan, whatever, <laughs> took uh, Mad Bum at 90. That's okay. Hoskins at 91. Montas, 92. Romuto, 93. Soroka at 94. Lynn at 95. Great value. I actually am upset because I passed on. I'd rather have had Lynn over Montas 
Yeah. And I forgot. I actually forgot about Lynn. He was buried. <laughs> he so. was. I think when I was looking up, uh, I was searching through the ADP. He was down past pick 200 uh, for some and reason. That's why in ADP. I missed him. And I, I, I have Montas ranked right behind him. But that's the point. I have Montas ranked behind him. And I'm passed on Montas for Lynn. I mean, I passed on Lynn for Montas, not realizing Lynn was available. My bad. ADP was broken, and I missed <laughs> my guy. And Abreu at 96, another solid pick. I need to look at Joe Drake's team because every time I look at his like a pick, I see his name, and I seem to really like his pick. So I'm curious to see his team at the end. Maybe we can look at it. But yeah. this round, oh, Crasco. I'm going to talk about this for a second, see, and get your thoughts. Crasco, why he's actually far more valuable in these in this format because he has relief pitcher eligibility, and he's likely going to be starting, and we assume that he's healthy. Assuming yeah. the health. And what that's called a SPARP. I believe CBS coined the term SPARP, starting pitcher with with or with relief pitcher eligibility or something like that. Uh, start, or starting pitcher and relief pitcher eligibility. So that's the reason why it's called SPARP. And what it is is um it gives you a full a full like a full time starter in your relief pitcher spot. So it gives you that much more of an upper hand in points leagues. Crasco gains a ton more value because of that. Because you're looking at a guy who's roughly top thirty in, in starting pitcher ranks, and you get to plug him in as a, basically a six starter every week. And then two start weeks are even more amazing. So I like to get a spark if I can. I actually got one a little later in the draft we could talk about. But Crasco, love that pick there. Uh, yeah. George, what stands out to you in this round? Uh, there's a there's a ton of guys I like here in this round. Uh, Carlos Correa, like you mentioned, I by Scott Correa. White. Uh, guys like uh, Nick Castellanos. This is where, you know, you see them going here in round eight. Uh, led the led baseball in doubles. So, you know, that that plays up in points leagues. Um, you know, Reese Hoskins with his OBP, I think he's a good bounce back candidate. Don't mind him here in the eighth round. Uh, Lance Lynn, like, you know, I said he was buried in the ADP. I was thrilled that he was there. Uh, I think that if the ADP was uh, set a little more appropriately, he absolutely would not have been here. So I think I got lucky here with the Lance Lynn uh, in round eight. I told uh, you I would have taken him where I took I would have 100% yeah. taken him where I took Montas had I realized he was there. Which, by the uh, yeah. way, everybody listening, quick little plug. I will be linking this specific mock in the um, episode summary on iTunes. I think it'll be on Stitcher and everywhere else you listen. So if you want to follow along, I probably should, I'll probably tweet that out. And if you want to follow along from here on out, if you want to review the mock as a whole, it will be linked to the, to the, to, to the uh, podcast uh, wherever you listen. So quick little plug about that. Zach, give your thoughts on this round. And then we'll run through round. We actually have to pick it up a little bit. So we're probably, I'm going to probably just run through round nine and 10, or we can stop here because it's almost at 100 picks. We'll just talk about that in a second. Um, go ahead, Zach. Yeah, I'll just keep it quick. I mean, I, I like what George just said. I do like the Hoskins pick at 91. Like you said, his high OBP skills I like. I'm expecting a bounce back year. And after this Hoskins pick, I mean, actually, we got a Bray at the end of this round. But after that, I mean, first base really kind of falls off. Um, I was kind of targeting one of those guys to fall a little bit and it did not go so well so I ended up I think Nate Lau is my first baseman which I don't love um, especially with the kind of platoon situation with the uh, with the new Japanese signing um, but I think, I think it's Susugo I think that's how you say his last name Susugo I think Yoshi Susugo but yeah, yeah that kind of that kind of complicates things. That um, was before, in your defense this draft happened before the signing yes yeah, so, so that's why I thought maybe I was getting an upside pick with Lau. Oh, there. I love that pick at the time. I really did. Now I hate it. 
<laughs> but I really did. Like I was like, you know, I was like, that's a good pick. I really liked it. I really liked me having Nate Lau. Is it? Is he? I think he's Nate Low, and it's Brandon Lau. Yeah, I think one you're of right. them. One of those are one of those Lows or Lows, and one of those Lows are Lows. Yeah, I think but, you're right about that. But yeah, um, Hoskins is the one that kind of stood out for me. But yeah, I, we can move I, on. Yeah, I read the I read all I read the first ninety six picks. So we're we're gonna chalk it up to hundred. Let's just look at round nine. And give me a few names that you guys like. Uh, Zach, whatever. Keep I, like, I like George's pick and Gallon there. Um, I was considering him. 98. So he kind of, 98. He kind of sniped me there. But Gallon, Lazardo, back-to-back, two, young, two youngsters that I think are really going to take a step forward this year. Um, so, yeah, those are two guys I like. Otani, that's an interesting pick by you there. I um, I yeah, I kind of want you to as well because <laughs> we were getting into that on Twitter a little bit yesterday. Yeah, because it's it needs to be talked about. But before I do, George, you want to give your thoughts, or do you also want to get onto the Otani talk? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, other than that, here in round nine, the only other thing that really stands out is uh, Alberto Mondesi here yeah. at the end yeah. of the ninth I'm round. Looking at that right now, too. Still too early <laughs> <laughs> for points leagues, possibly. Yeah, I mean, he's someone who can absolutely burn you in points leagues uh, with that atrocious, you know, uh, plate discipline. <laughs> look at the next. Look at the next round, and there's like five names, and I'm looking just eyeballing five names I'd rather have over him yeah. in the next round, which we'll get to in a second. But Otani, I took at 101 overall, and as soon as I took him, I was like, "Ooh, I don't like it," because I'm almost <laughs> positive this is in points leagues. Nine times out of ten, they are weekly. Right? If I mean, I'm, I've heard of daily ones, but mostly weekly. Am I like, am I correct in that assessment? Uh, I guess it just depends. I'm in a few. I'm in a. Uh... I mean, I'm a couple talking, of each. Yeah, I I, I remember my very first, yeah, that's how I broke into playing fantasy baseball. It was a weekly points league, and I used to get pissed off when my guy would get hurt on a Tuesday, and it aggravated the like, stuff like that. So, regardless, yeah. if this is in a daily league, I love this pick. He is super valuable, and this is a steal. In a weekly league, this is a terrible pick. You shouldn't make it. Because <laughs> Otani yeah. in a weekly league is a terrible, terrible, terrible pick beyond like inside the top 100 i got him at 101 so technically i'm cherry picking but inside the top 100 even inside the, i wouldn't even probably take him i wouldn't take him inside the top 150 to be honest eh, maybe I, that's pushing it but you get my point like he's really really less far less valuable in weekly leagues and it's because of the simple fact that i think at most I, I, we had todd zola on the other podcast and todd zola was i think he says at least at most it was 26 starts i think next year maybe 29 one of those numbers i think it was 26 and you got to assume that doesn't include rain delays, getting a start pushed back, skipping a start because he's fatigued coming off his first, coming off a full year with a, off Tommy John, you know what I mean? Not pitching at all. And then he's hitting three days a week. So it's like, you're never going to use him as a hitter in a weekly format. And if you do, you're really screwing yourself on the offensive side. So you got to kind of like factor all these things in. And Otani is a terrible pick. And um, seriously, a terrible pick. Like I was upset. When I, was, I was really upset mid draft. I was like, what the hell? This really just happened. Like I did this to myself. What was I thinking? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can get that feeling there. Uh, I feel you. Um, yeah, just that's. I think that's pretty much going to cover round nine. You see someone like Joey Gallo go. That's uh, looks pretty good there in round nine. I'm a big fan of Jeff McNeil uh, there are, by Scott White. Let's let's yeah, like you said, let's jump to, let's jump to round ten. We talk about Montesi a little bit. I, we think it's too early, and I'll tell you this round is exactly why. We'll talk about round ten. And then maybe we can literally cherry pick some names out, out of the rest of this, out of the rest because it's a 21 round draft and we're almost an hour in at 10 rounds. So <laughs> round 10, uh, George, 
give me a couple names here that you really liked. Uh, let's see. So, yeah, I really liked uh, another one of your picks, Mike Jorge mm-hmm. Soler here in round ten. Uh, he's got that fifty home run upside uh, he here in round one. ten in a, in a points league. Was, yeah. Sorry, he was another one that was buried in the ADP, and I found him. I was like, ooh, I sat there like I don't know if you can hear me. I'm doing that yeah. rubbing. I'm rubbing. I'm rubbing my hands because <laughs> that's what I did when I saw. I was like, oh, I was, and I was like, I got my hopes up, and I take mocks serious, especially industry mocks for sure. Like, I take all my drafts serious. I was like, really hoping to get them, and I did, and I was like, sweet. But anyways, you were saying, yeah, yeah. Sometimes if they're not right in front of you, you know, in the ADP, and they're not, you know, easy to find as you scroll, you forget about them. And I think that's what happened here. Same thing with uh, Lance Lynn. Yeah, exactly. With my Lance Lynn pick, right? Yeah, so you uh, happen to find Solaire there in the AD, buried in the ADP, and that worked out for you. Um, the other pick I like was by Zach here with uh, Mike Moustakis. Absolutely love that pick. Um, love Moustakis this season here uh, in Cincinnati uh, with the Reds. I think that he can possibly, you know, honestly, I think he can. he's going to outproduce Eugenio Suarez. I do. I, I think he's that's, gonna. So, so my 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 hill is the Olsen over Alonzo deal. Yours is that Mustakis over Suarez deal. They're teammates yeah. now, though, man. Yeah, they are, <laughs> and I think you're probably getting the same guy. I think you're getting the same guy, and you one is going four rounds later. No, well, actually, six rounds, right? Or was it four rounds in this one? I, I, I think Suarez think went in the six. Sixth, yeah. See, I think the um, – Zach, you know what? Zach, you go ahead. Did I, get, get your thoughts, did I already get your thoughts on this one round, Zach? I don't remember anymore. No, you didn't. But you um, <laughs> I appreciate that George likes my pick. I like the uh, versatility that Moustakis brings. Um, I'm expecting a big year from him. There's three picks that I like. They're all back-to-back. Um, I like the Biggio, Mancini, and Chapman picks. Um, I'm a big fan of all three of those guys, Biggio – with his high on base skills, Chapman really is just taking a step forward. And Mancini is just a sneaky, productive player with multi-eligibility. Uh, so those are three picks that I really liked in this round as well. I think you're alone with me. I need you after this podcast to look at our outfield ranks from over at Frantrax. And I think okay. I was 10, I think I was 10 picks higher than everybody else on Mancini. So maybe I'm a little too high on him, but I'm with you, George, I, Zach. I mean, he I'm had with a, you. And I he really had a like great him. year last yeah. year. I just and think in September, August, September, he really struggled um, for pretty much most of the month. I think it was August he struggled, but then he kind of picked it up again. But, yeah, I mean, for the most of the season, he was very productive. He was really the only, uh, other than VR, he was really the only legit source of uh, fantasy relevance over there in Baltimore. And a lot of it, and most of it's backed up by the underlying metrics and like there was some change in this, I believe it was the plate discipline change, some change in plate discipline, like more patient approach. And I think, I think that's him. I have, I have to look it up, but regardless, there was, um, it was all backed up and it was really good to see. And I'm really with you, but my baby cakes over there at one Oh nine. Yes. He's my baby cakes. Kyle Schwarber. <laughs> my baby cakes. He's one of my guys. Like when we have a, my guys episode, he's going to be there. And, I love this pick here. It, it would be this would be considered early in most drafts, but in a points league, it just goes. It's a reminder that he's just that much more valuable. Even in a weekly league, he even if he doesn't, even, I mean, he might play every day now with a new manager. But even if he's on a strong side of a platoon, you're looking at about five starts a week, and in a, in, in a points league, that's he still will carry that value there. So I think that's a good get there. You guys talking on the rest, Chapman. So that's a, that's a heck of a value too. Other than that. Uh, nothing else really stands out. I like your Calhoun pick, actually, George. He's quietly – he's sneaky this year. People are getting him at a good value. I think 
people forget how good of a hitter he can be and how good he was last year. Yeah. So I really like that pick. Other than that, I mean, again, we can spend hours doing this. I'm just, I don't know if there's a couple names that a couple names that pop out that you have outside the top ten rounds. I'm yeah. Sure so find some, but <laughs> honestly, like in a twelve team league like this, like we can go on for ten more rounds and pick out guys that we love. You oh know? yeah. So so no at one seventy six. I loved I loved getting Donaldson at 140. I just rolled by that one. Um, what else? I, I give. I'm just giving you. I'm just backing up your claim. Did you basically. Did you say Donaldson? You at did 140. I love yeah, it. Yeah, it's a good pick. I was happy to get him there. What I did notice the difference is, is there's offense for days because of how shallow the format is on offense. Because remember, three outfielders, no corner field, no middle infield. Pitching actually thinned out. Of all things, pitching actually thinned out. Yeah. It did. Because pitching, there were still, what, five, six, seven, at least seven starters, not to mention bench spots. Or so, five starters and two release spots. But still, that's five times 12. What is that, 60? Yeah, because you get to your top – once you get outside the top 60 pitchers, it gets – even by the time you get to that 60th pitcher, it gets kind of iffy. Yeah. Yeah. I think about um, 152 was an interesting pick. That was Luis Robert. Um, That's kind of the first – uber prospect i think that was taken off the board that really hasn't good price though yeah i i I, I do like the pick and then i think the next one to go off the board was uh was george who took adele um trying to find where yeah i took him two rounds later in round 15 i took uh, joe adele so i I thought that was appropriate an appropriate time that was a good time to to take joe adele um yeah, yeah i mean I got, Sen- I got I got Senzel at two twelve. I, I I'm just higher than most all in this year though. He's another one I think I'm higher than on consensus over at Fan Tracks, but people are just like because of because of a lost year to injury and all that, he's really falling. And I'm honestly enjoying the discount. Two twelve. Yeah. There's no risk. It's like all upside there, and you could drop him if he's nothing. You know, I love that. I mean, I, I don't mean to top my own picks, but oh yeah, him and Endohar. Those are just two guys. Like I'm just. Giving guys that I those are guys I did take, but those are guys that I legitimately have aimed for, even in my high stakes leagues. Like I'm actually all about those guys. So, yeah, one of my favorite picks uh, was here in round 18 where I took uh, Archie Bradley, and I think I'm going to be taking the same approach in all my drafts for for relievers. I'm going to settle in at like the mid tier tier of relievers. So in this draft, I had taken Ken Giles, Taylor Rogers, and Archie Bradley, and uh, these are some of my favorite guys uh, to target for relief pitching. They're, they're the guys right there in the middle that kind of seem like, uh, you know, they're forgotten. I don't think that people are sold as uh, for Taylor Rogers, you know, being the the number one closer there in, in Minnesota. Uh, Rogers was phenomenal last season. I mean, I think they brought in Sam Dyson and, and uh, Sergio Romo and they said, Hey, we're going to, we're going to share the the saves there. And, Rogers just took over. The other guys showed that, you know, they weren't cut out for it and, and Rogers uh, completely took over and, and he was phenomenal. Same with Archie Bradley. I don't think people realize that Archie Bradley was one of the best relievers in the second half of the season, period. Uh, you know, just, uh, so <laughs> you do those, you do those uh, bullpen reports and I do. The, yeah. So I have a little bit of an advantage. I'm, I I'm take a look at uh, <laughs> I mean, well, cause I was going to ask you have no, um, no concerns over Ginkle. Gink- no, no, uh, no, I- <laughs> no. Ginkle, uh, Ginkle. Yes, that's his name. Kevin. I think it's Kevin Ginkle. You making up words? <laughs> he's uh, he's like like the he's like the hot topic name that people think will actually take the job by midseason type of thing. He's like like if you believe in handcuffing your, we're gonna do a relief pitcher pod. So if you but if you I guess if you believe in 
just a quick thing. If you believe in handcuffing your relief pitchers, he's the type of guy you'd go out and get at the end of your drafts and see who wins the job, so to speak. Even though it should be, um, what's his face, uh, Bradley. So he's one yeah. of them. We're gonna talk about that. He's, yeah. I, I, we have a whole podcast planned just for relief pitchers because that's one of like that's a very hot topic, and you're gonna be leading the way on that one, Zach. Because <laughs> I have to whatever. God, <laughs> busted your names. I messed yeah. them up twice tonight. Hey, I, I'm I'm trying to get better. Yeah, so, one guy that – oh, sorry. I, I, I just, just wanted to point out one right. last guy that I could not believe went this late when Ian Khan took Luke Voigt in the 19th round. I mean, after we after had mentioned – how much you love him too. Yeah, yeah. I, it was another guy that was buried in the ADP. And when we looked back at the uh, Jose Abreu pick and thought, like, you know, after this, there's, like, really no other first baseman – Luke after that like Luke Voigt is the only guy for me like after you get past like those top 10 apparently first basemen <laughs> it's like <laughs> apparently not you left him left him for dead well because I already had I had already taken Goldschmidt but oh, did you? I, I'm okay. saying like if you if you don't get one of those top 10 like you know first basemen for me it's it's Luke Voigt or bust after that you, you got to make sure you get him because uh, especially in a points league like this, I absolutely love him. He's gonna, you know, good OBP and he's gonna crush the ball, uh, especially there in New York in that lineup. I'm gonna say moving averages. Uh, I'm gonna say he made the best pick of the draft because at 208 he took JD Davis. That's <laughs> how pissed. How pissed were you? Oh, dude, I was so frustrated because you know, like when I when I, I the thing is, those again, I I couldn't I forgot he was there because I was just so caught up in the draft and. <laughs> Not that I forgot he was there, but it was just it was moving pretty fast, and the ADP was all over the place. That I just he went at two whatever. Where, where who did I take ahead of him? Oh no, he took him ahead of me that round. But I had Senzel queued up. Um, who did I take over him? Will Smith. But I needed pitching. Yeah, see, I don't know. I'm I don't always have to get my guys, obviously. But I love JD Davis, and you in a points league, I I think he's that much better. So, I mean, Will Smith's not even the closer right now. He's not as of right so, now. Yeah, and honestly, there are. But see, in points leagues, in this shallow format, 12-team points leagues, I actually got Kenta Maeda to start as a relief pitcher for me. We didn't talk about that yeah. pick. But he's supposed yeah. to be a starter, and I have him as a relief And he's relief pitcher eligible, so he's a SPARP. And I have him on my team, so that boosts, that should boost my team's points every week because I get to have a starter on my, out of my relief spot. So I only really needed one closer. So I think I took one towards the end just to fill the spot because it was a mock. But realistically, I'd probably just stream it all year anyway. Yeah. So that's that, man. How do you like your guys' teams, Zach? Do you um, good, bad, or otherwise? Did you really? How'd you like it? Was it all right? Did you feel there was weaknesses? Did, anything you regret? Um. Overall, pretty happy. We can move on. <laughs> like I don't know. I like the squad that I'm just pulling it up here. Um, like I said, I mean. It wasn't the intention to go hitter the first three rounds, but I'm happy with Acuna Tatis' story and then pairing it with Corbin and Granke, two, two vets who just eat innings. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm happy with some of the upside picks in, in Vlad and Glass now, um, Lazardo. Um, it's, it's just it's such a shallow league. I mean, we were getting – quality guys late in this draft um, oh yeah i made i made my draft 10th 11th and 12th round my three picks in 10th 11th and 12th were solaire conforto donaldson tell me how beautiful that is in a points league you know what i mean yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's, with that. that's ridiculous that's, yeah like you said it's, it's shallow and it's this is great this is a great great format for football 
period. If you're transitioning from football, you want to try points leagues, or you want to try fantasy baseball, this is the league for you. Yeah, yeah for, for sure. sure. I mean, it's it's one of the more <laughs> – um, Yeah, it's one of the more fun formats, especially um, when well, you're in a close matchup going up I to you know, at the end of the week. Yeah, how how'd your semifinals go in these fun matchups? Oh, boy. Uh, don't poke the bear. Oh, I'm poking I'm poking it because he's talking right, about how fun so... it is. And, uh, <laughs> football, football is very fun because of that. Yeah. How fun is it, George? Come on. <laughs> I actually do better in baseball, so I don't mind it so much. But, yeah, I went 0-6 in my uh, fantasy football semifinals. I made it to six semifinals. I went 0-6. I'm never playing fantasy football again. It's stupid. <laughs> That's but you not bought, true. But, but, you're, but you're promoting, <laughs> but you're promoting – fantasy baseball points leagues so yeah there you go yeah so so you know what transition make that transition now get out of fantasy football get into fantasy baseball start with the points league to have some fun and just and go along for the ride just like the rest of us and And, and join fan tracks dynasty baseball leagues oh yeah yeah. and join us listen to us we're we're smart sometimes never (laughs) (laughs) um that's gonna do it guys i mean this was uh, this was a little lighter of an episode as far as like the type of content we covered but it was a fun episode we got a chance to break down this points format and our strategies and all that so that's gonna be that's gonna do it guys we appreciate listening if you have a chance to hit us with that rating review it's greatly appreciated um obviously five stars is preferred but rating review helps go a long way gets us noticed more on the itunes platform among others um, if you are interested, you are new to fantasy baseball, you want a little extra edge or a little extra help in draft season, check us out on Patreon. We have, a, we have a Patreon page where we have something as simple as a community to join, or we offer uh, draft services. So go ahead and check us out. That's patreon.com slash fantasy baseball. Other than that, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland. Zach is at Braff Z and George and George and George is at J Montana's 90. You can find our work where, um, we write for Twitter. We write for Twitter, uh, something like that. We we write for fan tracks, so you can find our work there. We're gonna get we're start ramping it up really big going into the new year. We just we just dropped our outfield rankings, our consensus our consensus outfield rankings. So check those out. We got um, Instagram. We got Twitter. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Bases Loaded Pod. This is a long exit, and um, other than that, guys, it's a lot going on. I know it's crazy, but it's just that time of the year, man. Fantasy baseball is basically back. So thank you for listening in. Thank you for joining us, and we will talk to you soon.